an end uh, as yet webinar participants there are questions and uh, we will be taking some of the questions i think some of the panelists have uh, marked some of the questions neha you had marked a few questions maybe you would like to start by answering them i sort of uh, combined all of that in my <laughs> long oh. answer so okay. some of them are about uh, but one one quick question i want to sort of uh, revisit if i have the time is that the question about how modernity um and uh, individualism and family are impacted uh, or indif feminism sort of addresses that or or the impact uh, indif feminism and that's i think it's a very very crucial point but i don't um, they would probably take another entire seminar to answer them but what i'll basically you know summarize this as saying is that a lot of these isms right um, especially all of the ones that emerged post um, enlightenment liberalism have been um, as we briefly touched upon have been focused on the addressing the problems or uh, creating the problems of this you know communist and and capitalist paradigm and we are stuck in this binary work la labor and work separation um, happened there now what is uh, you know arts then uh, you know are not uh, jobs that are uh, very well paid and so now there is that separation but previously if we have been the previous ashan vig the, the sort of paradigm that uh, um sumedha ji was mentioning these were patronages right uh, the all of these things it wasn't a matter of what you can sell that that got you the money right art was done for art's sake and and it was patronized by the society at large now we see a reversal in the name of patreon.com <laughs> so which is which is essentially the same thing right um so we've we've this this sort of separation that has happened through and unfortunately even though it wasn't indic in the first place it is still happening to indics um we are living in western countries if we are not living in western countries even india is now a west you know this uh, it's a global economy and so therefore many of those things have gotten in that does not necessarily mean that we don't cannot find the sweet spot right individualism uh, modernity is here to stay but there as long as we make informed choices as long as we understand where is that conflict between dharma and and modernity and there is a conflict right often times you see you know truisms uh, like you know liberalism hinduism is very liberal hinduism is very modern well if you compare this to the like, you know extremely regressive things and of course it is modern and liberal but you have to understand these are fully established philosophies and there are key areas where we digress and and if you do not understand and appreciate that and we as a society have no appreciation of this at all so until we learn to understand and appreciate that we will not be able to make informed choices for ourselves and instead we will continue into the cycle of you know looking down upon the uh, uh, other, other people looking down upon their choices and deciding that those are regressive choices and so on so that the diversion is necessary how does it affect feminism well it is essentially it is the entire exercise right this this finding that sweet spot what is what changes the lived experiences of women how can we improve them for the better while taking inspiration from our ancient uh, heritage is exactly the purpose of this movement that is now you know coming up and this is again as i mentioned previously this is not just a problem that hindus are trying to solve we have a growing body of indigenous feminists that are coming from other pantheistic 
polytheistic cultures that have survived. Uh, they may be smaller than in, in numbers than Hinduism, but there is definitely a growing movement. There is a budding movement of decolonizing yourselves and the neoliberals and the neoconservatives are actually both getting, you know, hammered uh, through that movement. Uh, so a lot of those changes are happening and we must keep an eye on them, but these should be informed and these should not be taken as, you know, the, the blue pill or the red pill or whatever those pills are um, and, and just, you know, uh, swallowed whole. They must be understood, critique and, and dealt with in a critical fashion. Okay. So there are some of the questions which some of the panelists have marked as uh, the ones they want to answer. Aditi, you wanted to answer a couple of questions about would dharmic feminism would be a better term than Indic feminism and uh, about the next steps that we are to take. So Aditi, the floor is yours. Sure, yeah, there, there are a few of them. Um, there was also one on uh, discrimination against LGBTQIA um, especially in our tradition when we've always had uh, respect for the, the concept of the third gender and, and all of that. So I wanted to speak to that as well. Um, I think one of the unique aspects of, of dharma is that it is so, um, so diverse, by which I mean that there's different dharmas for, uh, there's not one dharma for, for everyone. So it's always been understanding you have different personality types, different uh, different places and times and circumstance and each individual has their own swadharma. So there's never this, uh, this requirement to force someone into a path that is not suitable for them. Uh, and so in that, in that framework, then there is also uh, a place in dharma for, for everyone. And I think what has happened is we've become so influenced by the British and this Victorian type of mentality and that's what you're seeing versus the, the great freedom and not just tolerance, uh, but acceptance that's, that's there in our original tradition. So I think that's yet another reason why we have to, first of all, decolonize our minds and, and go back to the, the origins of our tradition. And I think that'll give also like a very different uh, framework and, and, and model um, for, uh, for eradicating these, these prejudices. So that was, that was one point. Uh, there was another question on uh, like next steps of on what we can what we can do, uh, and I think one reason why I think this panel has been so so great is for us this isn't just academic or, or theoretical. It's something that we live in our our, our experiences. It's, it's visceral to us, and it's it's a lived experience. And we have a personal relationship with the concept of shakti or the sacred feminine or, or what this what this means. And so I think it's important, uh, and, and we've spoken about this, and uh, Deepaji had also mentioned it, uh, that the importance of sadhana and rooting ourselves in our traditions, like uh, Neha was also talking about, uh, Madurga. And it's so important for us, first of all, to connect to that within our own lives. Um, and I think a, a part of practical feminism means uh, that within our own spheres of influence, uh, as, as Suhag was talking about our day-to-day -day life, that we do what is, what is right, that we reach out to other people, that we have um, the sense of uh, you know, trying to make a better place for those who are, who are around us and who are in our circles. And what happens is the more sadhana that you do, then the ambit of your influence increases and people will naturally feel uh, inspired by that or, 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 or it just, it happens in very subtle, subtle ways and we do not pay enough attention to that. So I think the more we root ourselves in, in our traditions and develop that 
that'll, that'll happen kind of naturally. Uh, and then we have to continue to decolonize ourselves and explore our, our ancient frameworks. Um, and then I think it's also very important to look, to look forward. So I think sometimes uh, it's, it's good to understand what's in our tradition, but we're not gonna go back to something that was there uh, thousands of years ago. So I think uh, like we were discussing Grihasti in the context of, of COVID, and the, uh, the flip side is for because of COVID, a lot of women, at least in the US, are finding themselves under a lot of pressure where they cannot both be working from home and also, you know, homeschooling their kids and taking care of the house. It's just, it's just too much. So what, what kind of model can we offer in that context? And there's so many critical questions like that that we need to face. And I just don't want to keep getting lost in, in, in the past, which is why I also appreciate the work that... Uh, that Neha is doing on this. So there are a lot of, there's a lot of room where we have practical wisdom to, to offer. And I think we have to keep exploring those points. Suhan, so, I think has a point. Yes, yes, Suhan, please go ahead. Um, I, I wanted to just um, kind of riff off of what Aditi just said. And also one of the comments that there was appreciation expressed that we um, brought up the role of men. And, um, you know, there's, there's also a question of how do we raise our girls? I think there, it's equally important, how do we raise our boys, especially in the United States? And, and this is personal for me, I have two boys. And from the youngest level of, of being in elementary school, um, where most of the teachers are women and some of the predominant narratives that are allowed and how you are empowered to speak on where things might not feel comfortable, I think there's opportunity for us there too and for us not to forget that responsibility. Because look, the fact of the matter is that a lot of women and girls aren't able to reach their fullest potential. But at least in the United States, the efforts that have been made to reverse that or to at least level the playing field is getting in some sectors to a point where it's disadvantaging. And the whole, I think take home message of Dharmic, Indic, Hindu feminism is that of balance. And so I think that there's opportunity there as well and we shouldn't forget our boys. And um, all of these stories, whatever we tell, whether it's the struggles of our grandparents, whether it's Draupadi and Krishna and that relationship, whatever it is, there's something to be learned for, for all of us, um, regardless of whether we're a boy, a girl, neither, both, whatever. Um, but I, I think that it's important for us to keep that in mind as well. Yes, that's an excellent point. I, sorry, I just had a quick guess. Sorry, I, I forgot to mention one thing about the karmic feminism versus Indic. Um, I think Indic is, in a way they cover the same things. I do have a preference for dharmic because I think Indic uh, may seem like it's, it's part of a geography or an ethnicity, whereas Tarmic is more universal and Tarma is the framework from where all of this, all of these models are coming. So I do have a, a slight preference for, for that. And term. I hope we will have many discussions on this. We're going to grab the narrative and run with it, remember? So we're going to have a lot of discussion on this. I also we have, have a preference, it's called Shaktitwa. <laughs> okay, so we have three candidates already. Let the games begin. <laughs> <laughs> Preeti, there was one question which maybe you could answer. Somebody has asked, is there any statement similar to if you are not communist or leftist in the 20s, you have no heart. If you are still communist, leftist in the 30s and later, you have no brain. Is there something similar to this for feminists? I think that would be a good question for you to answer and to finish a thought which I think you left unexpressed. 
Yeah, I, I was actually going to answer the other question about the Shiva Shakti too. So oh, maybe I'll, I'll come to that one too. Yeah, the Shiva Shakti. Uh, you look, I, as I've said before, a true yoga is the ultimate. Um, you know, union of the Shiva and Shakti within us. So that's something that's so central uh, to, to Sanatana Dharma and, and Shakti, right? So uh, that's a wonderful thing that the world can learn from us. And uh, uh, Shiva cannot exist without Shakti. Uh, Shakti can probably do quite well on her own, but she chooses to um, uh, have that amazing sh uh, sh Shiva energy. Uh, I always say Shiva is the hardware, but Shakti is the uh, the energy that energizes and starts the whole thing on and makes it operational. So you really need the two. Um, so we've got to find that balance within uh, you know, the communism, uh, this is such a, it's a really a, a disease that has plagued the world for, for 100 years. And I think at some point we need to, to come out of it. And I thought maybe the political spectrum is, is uh, one way to get rid of that way of thinking. Uh, because when we start thinking more nationalistic or uh, not so much globalization, but, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, really about national security and uh, you know, kind of the right way of thinking or the more conservative way of thinking, then you you can let go of that communist slash socialist points of view. So I'm not uh, thinking of any um, uh, any quote that comes to me. I'm sure there are so many good ones, uh, but I think it's, uh, uh, you know, that never works. Like taking from one and redistributing it, that's a lopsided um effort that never ends well and there's much uh, uh, that's also uh, not fair either and there's much resentment to be had and uh, you know uh, people talk about socialism like it's a great thing but there's never been a, in history a socialist country that has actually succeeded they've all failed and I don't god hope this country doesn't go down that track and thankfully India came out of that because the whole Marxism com communism uh, is actually intertwined the political system and then the uh, uh, ideology and the co concepts are all one right um, regardless of what the governance is of the day uh, so uh, yeah I, I, I think um, uh, my thought was my letter to the Indian woman my plea to the Indian woman is don't ape the west I think you have enough in your own tradition and go back to it. Go back to tradition. The answers are there. Find the answers for yourself and find something that works for you. Um, and uh, while the rest of the world will eventually come uh, to us as well and find those answers, uh, you don't want a situation where we've left it behind and we're trying to uh, find something that it's like a mirage. It doesn't work it's not working that well in the west so uh you know don't abandon what you have because it's the only one that has stood the test of time so that's my my plea to the indian woman so somebody has asked shahana that uh, changing education as you mentioned is uh, the need of the art so she is asking that's uh, aparna dasaka she's asking uh, is it the need of the art to introduce household chores into academics so that boys and girls learn equally so we change the education system like that so well, i mean this <laughs> for household chores i mean this is something that we all need to talk about so that it, it's something that we eventually should not need to talk about it should be such a given that everybody knows right I see in the younger generation, the college going generation, that this is not even an issue, right? Uh, uh, here in America, at least, I mean, all, all the kids, they know that they are on their own. They know how to, they need to know how to cook. They need, need to clean. 
so i feel that uh, this should happen automatically if more and more people just talk, uh, initially talk about it so it's not something that has to come through textbooks but uh, what i want to say is that today whatever all of us have spoken today we have to find a way for all this to get into books the textbooks whatever we spoke today otherwise we are just talking you know and this is a it's a webinar but how are you getting going to get all this knowledge into the textbooks that the young girls and boys are going to read that's something we need to ponder on okay i quickly okay. uh, 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 talk about the household chores into academic stuff um so you know actually the funny thing is that uh, i was again my mom comes to the rescue <laughs> we were uh, we were chatting about this and one thing she sort of remarked is that you know with um, with modernity we've like especially indian society seems to be stuck in the middle right we don't want to let go of the um, uh, sort of like the traditional uh, understanding of how things work but we at the same time we don't want to miss the bus on modernity and progress or whatever you know the the jazzy word is which makes it sound nicer um we so we are stuck in the middle right so we live, want to live in an urban environment and make a lot of money but at the same time we all, and we want the uh, you know both the parents to work but at the same time we don't want to share uh, the household chores because uh, it is a woman's job and whatever uh, so this this understanding has completely became warped over time because of two waves of colonization and plus like you know even the um, the flawed education system but as you know to, to sahana ji's point in fact the funny thing is in people in america either none of them know how to cook or all of them or like or or like it's not a gender thing right it's not that women know how to cook and men don't know how to cook i've exactly. seen yeah. examples yeah. which are where where both are equally bad or both are equal or, or can be no, very but they bad. know that they it's a work that we all have to get done yeah. right it's that's the way they deal with it the college going kids right and in it's not even the college going well. like in general as a young professional living in america you don't have the uh, luxury of having so many servants <laughs> so yeah. you learn all the all the things the hard way especially that's an important the, point especially the indian kids like me who come here and you know are, are thrown and i as like a baby out of the bath water and my mother is laughing at anyone that you know a lot of messaging in advertisements nowadays which shows the men doing work right like the washing machine and all that stuff uh you know they show men doing the work i mean so it has to work at various levels so maybe so like my idea of a new refashion grihasti will really come into being somebody has asked me a question about that they are asking will this new uh, refashion grihasti be able to take into account uh, issues of modernism and legal issues so i would like to answer that in fact the state today is trying to take everything away from the family all decision making all laws everything it is being shifted out of family and community to the state and state mandated legal uh, the state mandated legal framework i am not in favor of that so many issues of modernism many issues of law of actions of behavior of interpersonal relations have to be resolved within the family and community everything cannot be outsourced to the state this is a very communistic very modernistic and very kind of totalistic approach that the state is the one which should answer everything so i feel that through a process of negotiation within the families and within communities we can take on board all issues of modernism we've talked about grihasti we've talked about fine uh, financial dependence etc deepa you were shaking your head very uh, did you yes. want to say something um yes but i also want to chime in on the previous uh, discussion you know, sahana and neha 
so you know i mean i understand that question and i know where it comes from this whole thing about household chores you know being you know 99% on the head of women i understand that context but i also believe it does not take into account uh, fundamental again dharma it's not related to female or feminine but the fact that it's not a chore i mean the way you position it is also coming out wrong right you know it is a duty to the family it's a karma that you do as part of your life and it's you know it, you know in fact i am not advocating that all of us become like great saints and like you know in our 20s it's not going to happen but that's the ideal the ideal is that i want a smooth functioning family where we have a structure where everybody can you know the basic things get done food gets on the table you know house is reasonably clean everything so that all of us can pursue our particular thing right and in that context if you make everything sound like a chore not going to happen like today my husband is cooked right because i am sitting here he's not he's a awful cook and it's not going to happen often but the point is you know the the point is not about who does what and all that but it's really how do we have a smooth functioning family which allows each of us to do the right thing and that thing i go so deepa i think uh, we are now running out of time there was a question on sati so just a short answer please read meenakshi jain's book on sati and see how it is a missionary creation a kind of shortcut acid attack across the face of hinduism and then we can get back on it perhaps another time somebody has asked about aram has asked about kind of an faq packet to uh, give out to people to teach them about indic feminism i think that's a great idea perhaps as a follow up of this seminar we can actually all of us get together and create this faq packet so uh, i think many of the questions that came in have been answered in the process of the talks and in the process of the panel discussion otherwise we will take them up later people who want to contact us can contact us on social media a lot of people are asking how they, they can get in touch with all of us please contact us we all have a social media presence and we are all very very much public figures so we come to the end of this wonderful wonderful two almost three hours and i cannot thank uh, indic academy aftans ram and nishant and hari kiran ji enough but there shall be a proper vote of thanks yes i wouldn't take too much of the time i just wanted to thank everybody uh, to be here but the official vote of thanks uh, will be by ram so ram please come on and uh, do it please hey guys so yes yeah uh it was a wonderful uh, conversation you know i don't know i can't thank enough everybody saying thank you is not just good manners you know it's also good spirituality in that regard i think uh, on behalf of indic academy i would like to extend a warm gratitude to all the panelists for agreeing to be part of the program and sharing each of your perspectives on indic feminism to our moderator for structuring and conducting the program connecting all the pieces and weaving it very nicely for an educational experience to meera nishant's daughter for invoking the prayer and to our logistics team in india for all the support on the promotional yes, thank activity. you very much thank you and promotional activities and social media they play a very important role in raising awareness of indic academy and its activities thank my colleagues nishant and avatans for supporting this program throughout last but not the least i want to thank the audiences for tuning in i'm sure you come from many time zones and geographies we appreciate that and you motivate us to do more now we have been planning this event since the beginning of the year this was supposed to be an in person event it turned out to be an online event i think it turned out very well though leading excellent set of questions that came in we hope to have provoked some thoughts and planted some ideas for our participants
to carry this forward in your own way. Indic Academy is there to help. Sri Harikaran Mudlamani is a pillar of support for all of us. Thanks all. Thanks for listening in. Have a wonderful day wherever you are. This is Ram signing off. And like Neha says, we bow in front of, we, we, we bow to Shakti. So we bow to all of you. Thank you very much. We'll see you now. Thank you to very everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wonderful Thanks panel. For. It was great moderating this discussion. Thank you and namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you.